and misplaced confidence in her ability to not care about anything as long as she told herself nothing was worth caring about. But I remember she looked worried that day as I climbed down out of the truck, wincing and breathing funny and cradling the baby still inside me. I couldn't tell if she was afraid for me or afraid for herself because she was going home with Dad alone. I don't believe in slavery, I tell the girl. Besides, maybe he wants to stay with you. I don't think so. I think he's pretty attached to you. But he ain't mine. He's my mom's, she says. He doesn't belong to you or your mom. I walk around to the driver's side of my car. They follow me. He's not a dog. He's a person. You can't own another person. Although, another person can own you. Uh, you'll learn about that when you start dating. I already date. Okay, enough. I hold up my hands in a sign of defeat. This is more information than I need. If you don't have any money, what else do you have? She opens up her grimy purse, pink with a jeweled kitten on it. I would have killed for a purse like that when I was her age, although I never would have taken it outside the house for fear E.J. or some of the other guys would have made fun of me for being a sissy. She pokes through the meager contents with the tips of her fingers, which are polished in chipped purple. A cracked pink plastic Barbie wallet, a lipstick, a comb, a piece of notebook paper folded into a small square, a lighter shaped like a pig, and a handful of what looks like ordinary gravel. She gestures with her head toward the boy. Kenny collects rocks. I take the lighter and flick it on. The flames come out of the pig's nose. The lighter, I state. No way! I love that lighter. I just stole... I just bought it with my own money inside. No lighter, no ride. It's her turn to size me up. She looks me over. I wonder what she thinks about my outfit. If she's being more generous than I was with hers. Ancient scuffed fry harness boots, long bare legs, a camouflage miniskirt, olive drab tank top, cheap drugstore sunglasses, and a pink Stetson that Clay gave me two years ago as a Mother's Day gag gift that I was never supposed to wear. Hmm, looks like she was dressed by a Vietnam vet with a penchant for banging middle-aged cowgirls. Her gaze leaves me and runs over the car. Jolly Mount Cab is written on both sides, but about a month ago, someone blacked out Jolly and Cab on the driver's side door and added the word me. It now reads, Mount Me. I don't have any idea who the vandal is. I'm sure it was nothing personal. Apparently, I have passed the girl's inspection because she hands me the lighter and opens the back door. My cell rings. Jolly Mount Cab, I answer. I need a cab to drive me from Harrisburg to Jolly Mount, a man's voice greets me. There's not a single cab company here that will do it. One of the drivers I spoke to recommended you. What did he say? He said he thought you'd take the job. What did he really say about me? I ask him. A brief silence. He said you're attractive. Although he didn't use the word attractive. But I think that was the point he was trying to make. 
Does that make you more eager to have me drive you? I doubt I'd be interested in you that way. Why not? Are you gay? Faithful? Celibate? Impotent? Picky. Fair enough, I say. I'm trying to figure him out. His manner of speaking sounds almost rehearsed. There is not the slightest trace of any kind of a regional accent in his voice. He enunciates too well, and he uses very little inflection. My guess is he grew up talking one way and puts a lot of effort into not talking that way anymore. Where are you exactly? I ask him. I'm here at this ridiculous, godforsaken excuse for an airport. Harrisburg International? International? You can't even fly to New York from here. That's true, but there's one flight to Canada. Another silence. Can you pick me up or not? Yeah, sure.